But we're going to take a little break uh, today from First Peter and actually uh, go into um, on tithing. We feel it's apropos with, uh, we're going to have a tithing challenge. We'll learn more about that uh, beginning next Sunday. And it's going to go on for 90 days. And I think it's just going to be a, a, just a, a real fresh movement of, of God's Spirit through our congregation, something that we've never done before. And, um, but I, wanna, I want to um, bring some context to it through the book of Malachi. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app, or you can follow along on the screen, uh, Malachi chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 6 through 12. I have to fight myself every time I come to Malachi because I want to say Malachi, the Italian prophet, but I'm not, I just, I, well, I, I just did it. I can't take it back. So anyways, that's the youth pastor part of me. I used to do that all the time. Anyways, Malachi. Uh, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. And this is coming at a time where uh, God's people have been blessed, yet they're holding back. They're holding back from God. And in a similar way, uh, we face that challenge too as you and I get paid. You know, we get paid from our jobs. We get paid in various ways. Maybe for our students, it's our, the allowances. Is when we're paid, how much do we give to God? And what happened is the Israelites, they were, uh, they were receiving uh, the, these great gifts, fruits, the harvest, etc. Not cash, obviously, but they, they had income. And yet, what they were doing with closed fists, they were, they were hanging on to it. They were taking all of it and putting it in their pocket and spending it on what they wanted. And God speaks to them. Um, because of his relationship and his love for them, he speaks to them. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I am the Lord. We see that throughout the Old Testament. It's mentioned so many times, hundreds of times. I am the Lord. God does that because he wants to remind them of who he is, his goodness, his greatness, and his relationship, his covenantal relationship with his people. And then he says, I do not change. Um, in theology land, that is called the immutability of God, that he does not change. He's immutable. And in a world where things change so much and we move so much, and we have just a lot of things in our lives that change. The fact that God is an anchor in our lives. And that might be the word that you hear this morning, is that God does not change. In a changing society, moving at a, at a very quick pace, is the fact that we have a God who does not change. Can I get an amen? Yes, he does not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob, and these he means by that simply you, the Israelites, are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you. It's, it's the heart of God, not being stern here, but his heart breaks for his people because they're not, they're not in close relationship to him. And he wants them. Return back to me, and I'll return to you. It's sort of, in the New Testament, you see the picture of the prodigal son, where the prodigal son returns back to the father. And the father sees him far off from a distance, and he runs to him. That's the kind of picture that we see here. Return back to me, and I will return back to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Just an underscoring again, God's greatness. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? 
when did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. You, and then we skip to verse 10. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple if you do. Says the Lord of heaven's armies. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. I just love that. He's saying, open up your hands. Open up your hands and give me your tithes and offerings. And in the Old Testament, tithes simply meant 10%. Although oftentimes uh, God's people gave above and beyond that. Your crops will be abundant. For I guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not uh, fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. We, we hear that over and over. And he's, again, he's just reminding them when he says, Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, of how powerful he is. He's saying, trust me. Trust me. I'll take care of you. If you trust me with your, uh, your crops and your harvest and, and your money, I, I'll take care of you. Then all nations will call you blessed. This is an echo of Genesis chapter 12 of the uh, Abrahamic covenant. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I want to clarify something. God God is not simply saying here that, well, if you give to me, then you're going to have all these material goods. Okay? He's going to bless them in a variety of ways beyond financial, beyond uh, provisional things. He's going to bless them in a lot of ways because what we read this sometimes, and this becomes what's called the prosperity gospel. When I was in Uganda, Africa a number of years ago, that was the number one challenge for pastors as they were trying to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to Africans was how fast the prosperity gospel was, was spreading in Africa to people who were living on a dollar or less a day, that if they gave themselves to God, that God would bless them and actually provide material things. And God blesses us, in, he blesses us in a variety of ways. Yes, material, but also beyond that and, and other things as well. I want to share a few things on this. Just four, just four little brief summary statements. And then I'm, I'm going to have Brett and Robin Germany come up here and share, me, share their story about uh, when they chose to, to tithe and, and give themselves to this, really this lifestyle of giving and trying to outgive God. First, we are to bring them to his storehouse. It says that. And what that meant generally, his tabernacle or his temple. So in the, New, in the New Testament, that meant the church. So to bring your tithes, bring your offerings to the church. And we're to give that on a regular basis because it's not only part of our relationship to God, but it's also one of the ways that we worship God is that when we freely give to him. In Financial Peace University, we talk about the fact that we first need to give to God then give some money to savings and then pay your bills. And you might be like, well, I, have, uh, I don't have enough money. I, I barely have enough for my bills. But what if you trusted? And it seems illogical. It seems, it goes, it's, it's counterintuitive. But maybe where you actually um, say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not sure how everything's going to work out, but I'm going to trust you first with this percentage of what you have given me. Because the fact is, the salaries, um, the money that you and I make is a gift from God. It's from Him. It's His money. And we're, uh, we're trusted with that. So that's the idea, is actually to support uh, the ministries of a church you're at, if you're uh, a regular attendee or a member here, is that you're supporting the ministries of what, uh, what happens here in this church, our staff, the lights, uh, missionaries that we support, a variety of things. 
Also, um, you also provide uh, snow plowing, <laughs> which is really neat, <laughs> and we need it. And those snow banks are so high out there, I just want to dive into one for some reason. I'm not sure why. Second, we had to make our gifts on a regular basis. And that was one of the things that wasn't happening in Malachi. It was very sporadic. And, and God's saying, you're cheating for me. You're cheating at me. You're, you're, you're in, a, in a sense, stealing from me. You're not giving on a regular basis. In, in fact, Paul says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 16.2, on the first day of every week, each of, each of you ought to put aside and save as he may prosper, so that no collections be made when I come. So he's talking about this regular giving. And, and, as the, the more, and if you're a person who uh, doesn't give, I don't want to guilt you. Okay, I don't. I don't want to shame you. Don't don't feel as you're sitting in your seat. You're starting to, like, crouch down in your seat, and you're like looking over. Don't. No, it's not about that. As we talk about the tithe challenge and giving, it, maybe you're not ready for ten percent, but maybe you want to take some steps towards that, and whatever that is. So I don't want you to think about the past. I want you to think about today and tomorrow. If actually, if, if this is something that you have not done on a regular basis, is to actually do that because of your love for God. Also, when we give to God, it indicates our level of faith in him. Because we're essentially saying, Lord, I trust you for every need I have. I trust you for every need I have. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That opening statement of Psalm 23, probably the most famous passage in the entire Bible, is a statement that, that we put our trust in him. That our needs and our, our wants are going to be provided by God, our loving shepherd. We not only honor him through our giving, but also we're demonstrating our faith in him. And then lastly, this is very important because I think too often this is missed, is that we are to give with a joyful heart. Paul talks about giving um, in Colossians, with a, a cheerful heart. And um, I think too often we get legalistic about it, and it, it, it takes the joy from giving. And I had a friend um, a couple of weeks ago who got a, a sizable sum um, in, her, in her life. And she gave, uh, she trusted God with it, and she took 10% of it and gave $10,000. It was a big step for her, huge step of stepping out and doing that. And what she found out in her uh, retirement, um, unbeknownst to her, she got a letter in the mail a week later that her um, retirement, uh, because of the stock market, had increased uh, her holdings or her, um, the amount by 15%. So $15,000 she has more in her retirement fund. And for her, it was, because it was a big step for her. It was like, okay, God, I can't outgive you. You know, and she took that as a sign, like, because it was a big, big step, a big step, the most she's ever given in her life, to trust God with what she has. And she said, when I, when I did that, I, when I first did that, um, and I stepped out and did that, I, I did it with such a joyful heart and a, such a uh, happy feeling in my life. And then to see what God did. And, and by the way, again, it doesn't mean that when you give that amount or what have you, that all of a sudden you're going to get a check in the mail for you know, $20,000 or something like that. But it's amazing what happens. It's amazing what happens with God when we trust God with our uh, provisions, with our money. So at this time, I'm going to invite uh, Brett and Rob in Germany to come up, and they're going to share their story. <coughs> Give them a hand this morning.
Welcome. Right. Thank you. Yeah, you seem like a long ways away. <laughs> Jig over here. <laughs> well, let's begin. Um, this question wasn't on our... our oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> this church knows me. So, <clears throat> how'd you meet? Oh, um, we met in med school. Um, first, uh, actually, before we were even in med school, I think we interviewed the same day. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. For med school. And I noticed her, and I'm... Uh, I didn't notice her. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm glad we're, we're recording this, right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we met in med school, and um, we actually started dating in our second year and of med school. Yep. And then... Uh, and you yeah. guys, aren't, you're not native Minnesotans. Not native Minnesotans from Oklahoma originally. Yeah. So... Uh, you want to talk a little bit about meeting yes. in med school? So we, we met, I had a project that I had to do, and he volunteered all the time, which was really nice. And, uh, and so then uh, by the end of the summer, we started dating. And uh, we don't study very well together. We learned that really quickly. And, uh, Why was that? We just have very <laughs> different study habits. Yeah, <laughs> wrong place. <laughs> uh, so... I didn't, uh, huh. so I'm a little slow sometimes. I didn't get that part. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, we, um, we had started a Bible study. We kind of felt um, separated from the church a bit, and our schedules weren't um, so great. So we started a Bible study, and then we broke up. But people kept coming to the Bible study, so we kept having to hold it. So we had like 25 people coming to this Bible study, and it was a little awkward, but we became uh, best friends through that, actually. Mm. And so she actually set me up on some dates and stuff. So really, <laughs> you didn't have to okay. tell that. Well, <laughs> so then we decided to get married. I, I want to ask date. questions about that, but I'll, I'll say that for another time. Okay. And then, you, you, as you share with me, you were attending Life Church, correct? When we went, went back to Oklahoma, yes. Yep. Yep. And just as kind of. You guys growing up and your families and living in Oklahoma, what was the view on tithing as you're growing up? You know, um, I thought it was an old concept. Uh, Malachi, it's in the Old Testament, yeah. uh, sort of removed. Um, I don't remember uh, the church I grow, grew up in preaching about the tithe. Um, it was, you know, you threw $20 in the plate if the sermon was good. And... Um, it just wasn't part of our... So they, we're, they we're that glad that too. they don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> just get, I had to get you back a little I bit. I know, I know. Yeah, I think for me, um, we grew up in really quiet churches. And, and I know, like, there was always the wallet came out, and then a little bit of money went in. And then we always had to have a dollar. So, like, every child had a dollar to put in. I don't think I ever actually knew why, except that when the, when the thing came by, you were supposed to put that dollar in because that's, that's what yeah. it was. I think I was still, like, you know, 15 and putting, yeah. with a job, yeah. and putting a dollar in because yeah. that's, what, that's what you did. But I don't, there was never a teaching around it. So, so what happened when you be, became married? So uh, we got married, and we moved to Illinois for uh, residency. Um, during that time, uh, it was busy, uh, but my sister had also uh, been, was killed in a car accident, 
And um, I became angry at God and, and used the excuse of being busy to uh, kind of uh, fall away and, and remove myself from uh, church. Um, and then when we uh, finished residency, we moved back to uh, Oklahoma, said, you know, uh, we said together that we'll never live north again. Don't ever tell God uh, what you're not going to do because... Here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Further north. <laughs> um, and, you know, we had lots of people... Uh, here we were suddenly making lots of money. Uh, you know, being residents, you are eating ramen and uh, eating out of the church. I mean, the uh, hospital cafeteria. and Most of our food. <laughs> Uh, you know, just making it paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And then suddenly you're making all this money and you have the world telling you uh, what you should be doing, that you've deserved this, you, you've worked hard. And I remember um, my boss coming over to our house. We bought a small, smaller home. It was still a good-sized home. Um, and he said, what are you doing here? You need a bigger house. And, and that was kind of, we embraced the world yep. and started uh, buying the bigger house. We built our dream home in Oklahoma, um, buying the fancy cars, uh, you know, got to have the new phone, got to have the, new, the newest this and keeping up with the Joneses. And suddenly you find yourself uh, building this prison and working all the time to keep this prison that you've built uh, to maintain it. Yeah. And, you know, not having time to spend with your wife or spend with your kids because you're always working um, and chasing, you know, the next thing that's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then w- I had a business. I started a business, again, looking for something uh, that would uh, probably fill that void, uh, make you happy. And... Uh, it went well for a while. Uh, some things changed, and, and the business, we ended up eventually having to close it. But during that time, uh, we started piling up debt, and uh, we faced foreclosure. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was, we don't know. Here we are, we've got good jobs, but we don't know if we're going to have enough to pay uh, all the bills that are coming in. And, and what did that feel like during that time for you and your family? It was really tough. I think we had done all those things that we thought our whole life would put us on the right path. Um, we worked hard. We did went to school, did all these things, and suddenly um, there was just this, like, what did we do with that was wrong? Because there wasn't, like, a particular thing we had done necessarily that was wrong other than no one had, frankly, ever taught us that there was a right way to be good stewards mm. of, of finances, um, Probably neither of our parents had had done that for us. I think they probably may or may not have been better stewards than we were, but yeah. that had not been ever a discussion. I, I think that either one yeah, of our parents had had, and uh, and I think it was a very lonely time. Probably the loneliest time I've had as a Christian. Hmm. Um, that there was a, a lot of st- struggle at first when it was coming. Um, being afraid to talk about it because it was so sort of, you just have this crushing mountain on you. Um, we had people that depended on us. We had three young families that depended um, on his business that was 
um, very emotional to us. They were all good Christian hmm. kids, um, some of them with young children, um, to where we felt like not only was it was it our family that was struggling, but that we had to we had to help them as well, um, which is how we ended up in the the predicament that we did. And then what changed? I mean, you're facing foreclosure. What do you do next? So uh, at that point, we were attending uh, Covenant Church in Oklahoma, and um, they were preaching on the tithe. They Mm -hmm. were preaching uh, Malachi. And you read it earlier, but one of the things that really stood out to me is uh, where God says, test me in this. And it's the only place in the Bible that God actually, you know, most of the time Jesus is saying, don't don't test the Lord your God. Yeah. But here God is saying, no, I want you to test me in this and, and see what I will do. Yeah. And uh, we didn't actually sign up for the tithe challenge, but it was just kind of one of those things that we said, you know, we've got to start tithing. And we went through financial peace and uh, started working on our finances, started getting back into the church, and, and we started tithing. And even though you had all this debt, even though we had all this debt and didn't know where, uh, whether we would be able to pay all the bills, uh, at the end of the month. Yeah. And you want to talk about, I remember writing the first check and I can say that I give with a joyful heart. Now I can say that first check was not so joyful. It was really, really scary to me. Um, but it was an interesting thing that as I wrote it in my hand shook, um, that it was also a step, I can, I can point to that as a time of real healing for us, because finances, even with, within the two of us, is, and we're pretty synced now, we've been married a long time, and we can talk about anything, but finances up till that point were something we didn't necessarily talk about all that much, um, but that was a, a real starting to heal that relationship and that part uh, of us, and we became much closer um, by trusting God together. We're like, we don't know how this is going to work, but we're going we're gonna lay to it, lay it down here and, and know that God um, has it. And it changed our focus as well as that, you know what, if we lose the house, I mean, we actually had this discussion, if we lose the house, we still have each other, and we're what matters, and our, kid is what, our kids are what matters, and, and not this big fancy prison mm. that we're in. And that enabled us to do a lot of the stuff that we've done now. So, so a, as, as you started to give regularly, what, what did you experience in terms of just your relationship with God? Well, I think God uh, started working on my heart. And I'm going to read Ecclesiastes uh, because I think this, I, I could have easily wrote this uh, verse. Ecclesiastes 2, 10 through 11. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. And, you know, God started working on my heart and, and saying, you know, these are material things uh, that you're chasing after. And have they made you happy? No. Yeah. Um, only I can make you happy. Yep. And uh, everything I'm giving you, is is mine is is god's yeah and it's not all for me to use so the actual your your desires of your heart changed Mm -hmm. yeah during that process yeah and then what what are your views now well 
Well, we walked away. So I think one thing is that we walked away from, pretty much walked away from our house. So I got an offer here that would allow me to be home more. So I worked a lot of hours. Um, you know, you usually talk about the fact that you didn't see me for about five years. Um, it, was a, it was a blessing in that I, I loved my patients, but I really never saw my family. Mm. And, uh, and so I got an offer to come here, which was a crazy thing to pick up. I had a job, you know, I was an academic, so, you know, pretty much job security for life. Yeah. Um, but because of the mental change, we were able to say, you know, this may be a job, and I may not have a job in two years, um, but this is an opportunity to really impact more people. And so, so our ability to, to think broader and to be free from some of those constraints, um, that thought process really, really changed. Mm. So it's it's not like there's still times where I'm like, huh, you know, I, tithing is not hard, I don't think, for us anymore. Um, but we still want to give um, mm -hmm. above the tithe. And so because um, honestly, now it's just like you write that. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just I don't I don't our budget starts after that. And so but uh, but there's still pieces that I work on. No is a, still a hard thing for me. Um, I, I have a tendency to say yes it, it, through school. The more you do, the you know, the better you the better you do. And there's there's a constant trying to you know be be good. Um, but once you get done, you have to be able to say no to some things to say yes to better things. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so that's kind of where I am. And same thing with money is saying no to maybe Starbucks, because we went there this morning, that's on my hand, <laughs> <laughs> to say, yes, I can give, you know, this amount of money yeah. to something that has more meaning. And, yeah. and so I think that's kind of where we are. So even like small things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Good. Uh, well, I just want to go back to, you know, it's not, we're not promoting a prosperity. Yeah. Uh, things didn't change overnight. Yeah, you know, true. suddenly we didn't, uh, have tons of money rolling in. Uh, you know, this was many, many years. Mm. We we actually moved here and kept our house in Oklahoma uh, for two years almost before it actually sold. Um, but God was faithful all along the road, uh, pr providing us uh, with a nice place to live here. Um, and, and you know, we've recently moved, and He's provided again. Mm. Um, but. It, it, it's not you write the check, you get you win the lottery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we've often been very close, down to like the penny. <laughs> oh, so. God comes through. And what would you share with people here about uh, just taking that that big, that step of the tithe? Well, I, I would share that uh, you know God does provide, and mm -hmm. one of the things that He provides is the joy and peace that comes from tithing. Uh, learning to trust him with the little things. Mm -hmm. You know, I, for me, it was always easy to say, trust God with your life, with your, your kids, because you, you, we have really no control over that. Yeah. But it's your money. Yeah. I have control over where that goes. But uh, realizing that everything comes from God and it's his, yep. and we're just returning it, yeah. and to know, uh, to trust him with that, uh, it, you start trusting everything uh, even with your time. Yeah. Well, Brett and I, uh, Brett's our uh, board chair, and uh, he's very passionate about uh, this tithe challenge. Um, in fact, he, he uh, talked to me about uh, us doing it, 
And that's going to take place, as I mentioned, beginning on March 3rd. And if you are not tithing, this is a 90-day challenge for you to tithe during that time. If you are already tithing, maybe increase it to 11% or 12%. And um, the challenge is this, is that if God does not bless you in some way during those 90 days, we'll return your money. That's our promise. And um, because the thing is, going back to Malachi, it's testing God, you know, in a a sense. Can we outgive God? And through that, through the 90 days, it's going to go from uh, March through May as a church. I think it's going to, I think there's going to be a number of things what God's going to do in and through individual lives, but also um, in our church as well. And anything you want to add to that, Brett? No, I think that, uh, I think that's good. You want to talk about uh, push pay? Sure. Uh, We are getting an app. It's in development right now. Uh, it's a giving app. Uh, it's called PushPay, and it, hopefully it'll be available sometime in March or April uh, that you'll be able to uh, give your tithe or uh, donate as uh, they pass the plate. Uh, you'll be able to actually do it from your phone. So and It'll be an app with uh, Maple Grove Covenant Church. Maple on Grove it. Covenant Church. Yeah, so it's a really good opportunity. Yeah. Let's give uh, Brett and Robin a hand this morning. Great job. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Robin. Thanks. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, at this time, we're uh, going to receive this morning's offering. And uh, let me pray. God in heaven, thank you for uh, the Germanies and their story. And there are so many stories in our congregation just like that where people stepped out in risk and, and courage and to trust you. Uh, kind of like Peter who got out of the boat uh, as he saw Jesus walking on water. Um, help us in the same way, in a sense, to get out of the boat and to uh, trust you, even though we see the waves and we see the, uh, the conditions and the, and the challenges in our lives, and it seems so illogical. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, so many times it's, it's counterintuitive, but God, help us to trust you. And it's not easy. Um, help us to lean on to friends to pray for us as we trust you. And as we do, God, that you be glorified in everything. That's our desire. In Jesus' name, amen.